I'm here with Zeeshan again, and if you remember Zeeshan, he is the moderate conservative, he's an ex-Muslim, he is not a Trump supporter, and he has a really fascinating view on uh, the recent events, including the, the Women's March. So tell me about your view on how you saw the Women's March as someone who is obviously, you know, you're male, and obviously you're from a secular family who is very liberal, and I believe your sister was an advocate in uh, the Women's March. She was very supportive of that march, and she partook in it. Yeah, she did. So what are your views about the march? Well, I mean, I think the march is surrounded by a lot of third-wave feminism, which I think if you <coughs> have looked into a lot of third-wave feminism... What's third-wave feminism? Well, third-wave feminism is, like, the new form of feminism, like, that is, that rages, like, that is, like, going on in America. So, like, you have people who, um, you know, are against imaginary things such as, like, the wage gap, which obviously do not ex does not exist. Um, and you have, you know, feminists complaining about, like, random and moronic things like mansplaining and manspreading. Like, it, honestly, like, a, a ridiculous movement of women and sometimes just... and sometimes men who support and advocate for things that are just, um, in my opinion, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, well, would you say all those things are ridiculous? Because... because I've been mansplained too, and I get mansplained too. Okay. But I don't feel like it's a systematic sort of, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy of, of, men, of men trying, trying to, to right. you know, put women right. down. I feel like some, It's all a conspiracy You know what I mean? You. I feel like, okay, you know, definitely... We all had a secret meeting last Tuesday. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like there's some truth to what these women are saying, but at the same time, I feel like it goes to these extreme, extreme conspiracies right. that completely, in its process of, of being so extreme forgets the real issues that women are dealing with. Absolutely. I totally, I definitely agree. You know, I mean, you have, you have women like <clears throat> screaming in the streets because, you know, a politician said, oh, well, not really a politician because, um, an elected official, an elected official said, says just general things about women. Like, I mean, when Trump said, I, that's what I was trying to get to was when Trump said, um, Grab was like, by the... uh, no, that's not what I was referring to. That actually is pretty outrageous. But I mean, when Trump like t called like Rosie O'Donnell like this and that, like which I mean, kind of like not a awesome move. But you know, you do you. Like they're just saying like, oh, like this is like like fi like third wave feminist. Like my sister is pretty much a third wave feminist, and she was going like, oh, like you know, like he's like mansplaining, like oh, like he's like, um, like he's just a misogynist like pos right and i want to get your sister on because your oh, sister and great. i get along she's great she's, she's fantastic i love her to bits she she i feel better represents the women's move in the women's march than the actual people who led the women's march she comes right. from a place of positivity from extreme passion um incredible knowledge and, and more ability to have that dialogue than people who are masquerading as giant uh, female anatomy parts. Right. Yeah, or, you, right. You know. that's, that's another thing. I mean, you asked earlier, like, generally what was my opinion of the Women's March, and, like, that, I mean, it's, it truly is, it truly is just a bastion of third-wave feminist BS. Like, um, I, I truly think that it's just ridiculous that women today are screaming about absolutely ridiculous things such as the, like, the patriarchy and, like, just absolutely ridiculous well, things. Patriarchy like, and what? Exactly? I mean, like the like like the modern like United States. Like there is like a patriarchy and like a conspiracy against women. Like just like people who are like that, and who don't understand that there are actual real real like issues facing women and like 
parts of the world, like, like Sharia what? law. Okay. I mean, you have, like, women who are being stoned to death, or you have women who need four witnesses for a rape case when, in which they are raped. Who, good luck find four, finding four witnesses in Saudi Arabia. But women today in our country are, are protesting against mansplaining rather than that, and that is absolutely ridiculous to me. I just don't, I don't understand fundamentally how someone can complain that there's a systematic like discrimination of women under this under the system of the United States. I I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. What I find really hypocritical about exactly, you know, <clears throat> the the points that you make is that liberals at large like to think of themselves as sort of this one giant, you know, global community. Uh to be really tolerant towards globalism uh, you know, to have this sort of, this broader thinking of, of what brings all people together. Even when we talk about immigration, for example, no, you know, it's, it's rather than understand that we're dealing with a different culture and a conflict of values, they want to have this really open borders attitude, right. you know, even towards ideas. <clears throat> but at the same time, when you're so hyper-focused on these micro-issues or these, you know, fantastic illusions of, of issues that you feel right. like you have, such as... Um, you know, wage gap or whatnot, or, or you know, mansplaining, or all these things that you mentioned. When you look at these sort of really, these really minimal issues, and you, and you focus on that, and you completely ignore exactly what you said—the larger global, you know, humanitarian crisis that women are facing. Right. I feel like that's hypocritical because if you're going to look at yourself as a larger global community, if you're going to talk about minorities, if you're going to be inclusive towards all people then your platform should be an inclusive platform that first and foremost highlights the most uh, catastrophic atrocities towards women today. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean I, I totally agree, you know. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's also like liberals who really are relativists and who think that any culture or any creed is correct based on people, simply because people believe it, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, I think it's quite. I think I think what we mentioned earlier, and I think it was another podcast when we were talking. I think we mentioned this, but it was about the women's march, and it was about the leader being this woman who Linda supported Sarsour. Linda Sarsour, right? And she supported. It's just the irony is just astounding. I mean, you have a woman who, you know, leads the women's march, which is a so which is a so called march for women's freedom, which. Is a thing Last time I checked, I'm pretty free. I, I am mean, in the freest country yeah. that I could possibly be in. Right. Yeah. I haven't been stoned to death. I haven't been put in jail for my views. I mean, what right. more do I really want? And if if we were, I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name. What, what was her, what's her name? Linda Sorsor. Linda, if we were under, if we were under Linda Sorsor's system of Sharia law, you could have been. I, I think that that's the irony because I mean, well, this I is a, been. absolutely. I mean, this is a woman who supports a system of laws that incredibly incapacitates women in society. Look, like this, like I think, it's it's just it's just amusing. You know, I mean, you have liberals who actually believe that you know we could like must like the true like Sharia law like that's like we can live with that. Like I mean, and it's just it's mind boggling about how they think we can just mix cultures and just like like I mean. Islam, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, but it's true, is that the traditional practices of Islam and Sharia law are like oil and water with liberal Western, Westernized traditions. And unless, until people, especially on the left, realize that, you can't move forward. Why do you think they don't realize that? I mean, because you and I just, know this because as a they, because they're just Because they're raised to believe that everybody should be accepted and loved and everybody should get, and everybody should just be, and everybody's ideas should be accepted as 
it just accept it, you know, and that's not true. Like, the, you have to question. You have to argue. That is why I left, because I questioned and I argued. I mean, you can't... Why you left Islam. Why I left Islam, yeah. I mean, because I questioned, you know? I mean, it's such an important part is questioning, like, anybody else's beliefs. If, and there's no... And there is, and to be clear, there is no belief that is holy enough or that is worthy enough that it needs not questioning. Every belief and idea needs, a, needs to be questioned. And Islam has... Not and, and though Islam has stood for 1,400 years, it has not stood against questioning because, because the traditional tenets and Sharia law are absolutely ridiculous, and we need to fight against that. Taking it back to the Women's March, I'd written this article <coughs> in The Federalist. I'd written this article in The Federalist that talks about the sort of hypocrisy. So if we take Linda Sarsour's beliefs about Sharia law, and she openly advocates for it. This is not some sort of secret. Right. You know, she's, she's tweeted on it multiple right. times. Uh, Lalo Dagash actually on Facebook has a, a, a album dedicated to all these tweets from Linda Sarsour, which she's now going through and purging, I, I've heard. Uh, if you take Sharia law and you apply it to the Women's March, here's a couple of things that happen. In D.C. alone, there were f half a million women that turned out. Cut that number in half because under Sharia law, a woman's worth or her value, her contribution is half of that of a man's. So you take 500,000 women... And all of a sudden, half their voices and half their presence didn't matter. It didn't exist. This is what the Women's March ignores. This is what the sort of new wave of feminism ignores is, is the, the dualities and in, in the conflicts, the inherent conflicts between how they see feminism in the liberal West and how these really radical right of another religion see feminism. So when we look at Sarsour's beliefs in Sharia law, the radical right interpretation of Islam would say that, okay, half of these women's voices don't matter. It would also allow those women who were allowed to go out into public, it would have allowed men to A, force them to stay home, or to punish them for mm. being vulgar. Right. Because even if a woman didn't dress as a giant vagina, the fact of, that she protested and she, and she raised her voice or she right. was belligerent or vulgar or however you want to describe that, even the word shrill that a lot of women use uh, as a mis misogynistic uh, phrase to describe women, even something as being shrill would warrant punishment. Punishment, yeah, absolutely. You know, and of course you're going to have traditionalists and Islamists say, well, you know, the punishment, physical beatings and whatnot has to be not on the face, it has to be in the body, and it can't be heavier than the weight of a feather or a thin stick or something like that. But how, how kind of them? How kind, how right? Kind. How kind that you have restrictions on how I'm supposed to be beaten right. or, or reprimanded. Right. So I think this is the sort of the disconnect between liberalism today and its blanket tolerance of everything versus, and I feel that comes from... You know, I just, I, you know, you, you use intolerance, intolerance of everything. I think... I think it's not only a tolerance of everything, but an intolerance of... I mean, the li liberals, liberals like to... I mean, a lot of liberals today, I don't want to generalize, because I'm, because I, I'm positive, and I'm, I know that there are very intelligent and smart liberals. Of course. But a lot of um, common and... The shrieking um, ones the that shriek we see. Right. right <laughs> the, the shrieking ones you liberals. See, uh, the ones you see on Twitter in those funny 30-second videos. But um, a lot of liberals like those would, you know, they're very... You know, they like to be say that they're tolerant of everything, which is not a good thing. You should not be tolerant of everything. There are things that you should, should know are right and wrong, and you should question it. But they are absolutely intolerant. They are the, some of the most intolerant people in the world. 
I the mean, liberals, the shrieking liberals. The shriek. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, who cry racist? Sort of the who army cry, of banshees. Right, right, the army of banshees. But it, it's just, I think that's something that has made. I think it's very interesting to talk about like Trump supporters and like why Trump won. And I think the reason for that is because so many Americans and so many people like Trump who think like Trump are just sick and tired of people like on the left just winning arguments and winning people over based on just calling someone a racist. I mean, like, look at Jeff Sessions. I mean, Jeff Sessions is obviously not a racist. This is not, like, this is not news. Like, Jeff Sessions is obviously not a racist, but he lost an election because his opposition utilized um, some BS about him being a racist. And he's not a racist. Like, this is literally a man who put a KKK leader to death. I don't think it matters. I don't think the facts really matter because from this sort of shrieking left, I get called... An Islamophobe. Oh my god. That is my um, I least get told I'm doing this for money and you know how I live. Right. You know, I'm not exactly rich. Uh, yeah. You know the shit that I've dealt with. Right. Yeah. Trying to get to where I am today and how much it's cost me and how much I've sacrificed for it. So this is definitely not something I'm doing, quote unquote, for the pots and pots of gold. Right. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really matter what the facts are. These people call you, oh, I'm a racist, apparently. Oh, right, yeah, I've heard that I, one before. I don't know how that's possible. One time this vegan called me a speciesist. So, speciesist. I, I literally did not know that this was a thing, but now I'll, I'll put that in the old dictionary. <laughs> how do we deal with that? How do, how do we, we deal with that? How do we deal with that? Well, people did deal with it. They voted for Trump. I mean, that's the kind of the response by a lot of people on the right um, being called racists and Islamophobes and these BS words and claims is they voted for Trump. I mean, they voted for someone who's outrageous and who says, like, oh, we're going to take, like, you know, we're going to you know, prove them wrong and we're just going to, like, we're going to, dis- like, it's dismantle political correctness and stuff like, and BS like that, you know. I was talking um, to, um, talking to Bowman today. Okay. Um, the house guest at your house right now. Right. And he was saying that, you know, the reason, and he's sort of just this all-American guy and, you know, yeah, yeah. just a great guy. And he was saying that the reason people vote, voted for Trump is because he talks like, and he thinks like, he talks like the way every man thinks. You know, it's just direct. And this is obviously an argument for why Trump won is because he's able to resonate with people. He's Absolutely, not, yeah. He's, and I feel like we have this fantasy and this romanticized idea of what the statesman, the dignified statesman should be like and, you know, the polished rhetoric and the appearance. And of course that's reassuring. But I feel like we're not... I feel like when we have this sort of romanticized idea of this dignified statement, statesman, it in part puts the responsibility that is now so heavily placed on the average person globally onto that statement, statesman. So rather than us being active and, and aware and engaged, you know, we, we rely on this sort of uh, this parasitic relationship on this dignified statesman, and we expect him to carry the conversation right. for us. And I feel like one of the reasons Trump is so, so, <clears throat> you know, one of the, well, one of the reasons I support him is because of the controversy he inspires and because he is not the statesman, because he is just, you know, he is himself for better or worse. And part of that, part of that means that the responsibility of dialogue and of activism, awareness and presence and engagement falls back on the, on the everyday person. And we've seen that. Now, I'm not saying that that's some master plan that he's got. I think this is just a natural cause and effect of having someone like Trump in office is because, A, he authentically represents the average person. You know, even I mean, his... Yeah. Well, I, even, mean, I mean, being a multi-billionaire and having a, 
elevator made of gold that takes you to your penthouse today. I don't, I don't know how he resonates with people, to be honest. But, you know, if you want to talk... No, and with, how if, he thinks and how okay. he speaks. It's, it's, not, it's not this polished dialogue. Right, it's, no. You know, it's not that at all. Yeah. And even the speeches he's given, and of course, you know, you have speechwriters and whatnot, but he's able to connect and he's able to make people feel like their voice matters on some level. You know, I think that a very interesting part of this election, um, and even know how gr- grim it was, is, you know, you look at the left and you look at how, you know, Obama has won, how won. And I think that if you look at how the left argues, it's 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 hugely emotional based. The, the huge emotional argument, you know. I mean, like, take, like a, like, a leftist argument about, like, okay, say the Iraq war, like, about, like, um, the weight and heaviness of, like, the lives lost and, like, why we shouldn't be there rather than, like, the reason... it. it what I, I mean, that's kind of a weird example of putting it, of a way of putting it, but the left abused and has abused incredibly overly emotional um, topics and arguments in how to, like, in debating things, in debating topics. Um, like, that's why they've won on almost, like, every, like, moral or, like, emotional um, piece of legislation, whether it's on, like, gay marriage or marijuana or if you want to talk about, like, abortion especially those are all, like, emotional, like, moral, like, pieces of legislation, like, that's the issue with them, um, and Democrats have almost won, have won almost every time because they're, because they utilize the emotional argument, and I think you have someone like Trump who definitely has done that, you know, he's utilized the emotions of people of, like, anger and of, um, resilience and, like, of, you know, like, we're sick of, like, the left, like, branding, like, us as racist, because, like, I mean, obviously, like, not every Trump supporter is a racist, or rather, n- practically none of them are. I mean, you you cannot seriously tell me, or you cannot tell anybody, that 50 million people are racist <laughs> in this country. That literally, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, that's just, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So, obviously, they're not racist, and that's, that's really interesting to think about why Trump won, and that is why. I mean, he utilized a very, um, the very emotion of, like, of his supporters, you know, mm-hmm. which is anger and resentment for the left of just branding them as racists and as homophobes or Islamophobes or whatever and not really listening and having an argument. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, I mean, um, how quickly, like, calling someone a racist can just turn someone off from who you, who, whom you're calling a racist um, and how quickly that somehow devalues their argument. Um, and I think people are just sick of that and they voted for Trump because of it. Yeah, completely agreed. If if we're going to talk racism, you know, we the media at large doesn't cover the sort of reverse racism, which is a contested term. But if you look at how Trump supporters in sort of you know, middle America were seen, it's very dehumanizing. Um, days after, actually, the next day after the election, there was a piece in the Huffington Post, and it was oh, I think it was a video by Wajahat Ali, who I don't at all support in any way. I feel like he's uh, he spins the narrative in a way that's detrimental to Muslims. But he had this this video or this article or something on Huffington Post, and it talked about the the majority that got Trump in or that majority in middle America that got Trump in. Right. And the rhetoric used was so dehumanizing, Zishan. It was, talk, it was acting as if these people crawled out from under a rock. And these are these are people. These are people with real lives, you know, real problems, their problems matter just as much as, you know, your problems or my problems. And these are people with whose voices matter. And just because they, oh gosh, I mean, what is it? Just because they live differently, they look, you know, they look sort of the way that you would anticipate 
I don't I don't know. This it's really frustrating for me, and it's frustrating for me to put into words because it is so dehumanizing to who they oh, are yeah, as definitely. people. I mean, a lot of people like like when Hillary Clinton like called like half of Trump, like called half Trump supporters deplorables. Like that's just abs- That's just like gasoline to a fire. Like that is just like like that is what fuels Trump supporters and Trump is like just disregarding them. You know, I mean, the way how you argue, the way how I argue with at least Trump supporters is. I mean, tr- honestly, Trump supporters are like, are like, Republicans who, uh, uh, like, use leftist tactics of like, instead of racist, they'll call you like a cuck, or they'll call you, a like a leftist, like, like, a liberal libtard or whatever, you know. I mean, and that just somehow devalues your argument. Um, Do you mean as a liberal? It devalues your argument. No, 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 I'm not. A, I'm not a liberal, but I mean, like, I'm saying like as like people like Trump supporters, like Trump, like. A lot of Trump supporters are, I mean, obviously, like, the reason why Trump got, like, so much support is because of the emotions and how emotional he was and, like, how, what he utilized and, like, the American people and, like, a lot of conservatives and um, maybe even liberals being sick of this argument and this rhetoric of, like, calling people racists and just devaluing someone's argument just by calling them discriminatory, which is ridiculous, which has been used by the left, absolutely. Well, I get that all the time. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I think that a lot of Trump supporters do it, too. I mean, you know, I mean, they just lash out and call people, like, cucks or just, like, libtards or whatever. Um, and that's what I was talking but about. Then but then weren't you just doing that with third-wave fe- third feminism? You were just blanket labeling the entire movement as being a third-wave movement rather than realize that maybe some of those voices have some merit and there might be some personal experience fueling their support for the women's movement. Well, I mean, okay, well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I... I I think very lowly of third-wave feminism. That's very apparent. Um, no, I mean, but weren't you just categorizing the entire women's march as being third-wave feminist? Well, well, I mean, I said that that was a huge like part of it. Is like that's basically what it was. Um, that's basically what it was. Like it was a huge feminist movement, and like my sister went, and she told me a lot about it, and I saw a lot of the I saw a lot of the footage and everything, and like Madonna like saying that we're, we're gonna bomb the White House or whatever, or she's thinking about it or something ridiculous. But, I mean, I categorize third-wave feminism and its practices as ridiculous because I can. And you can do that. And I will argue that if you, if you want me to. But I, I, I just, I'm, just, I'm just blatantly saying that I think that the principles of third-wave feminism are ridiculous. And I think that, they, I think that people who are third-wave feminists are really hard to talk to while they're calling you a misogynist or whatever. But... Um, I don't want to come across like I just that's how I argue like I, I I've been like I just that's what I just think of the movement I mean generally like the arguments of like I mean I do agree with you because uh, I've seen that a little bit on Twitter I've seen that any man who says God forbid the wrong thing you know it doesn't matter how it's intended or how true it is it's just seen as this this attack um, yeah. that he's a misogynist that he's that, you know, that he's mansplaining, you know, whatever, whatever, versus trying to just understand what the man is saying, you know? And I feel like if we're going to have true feminism, it has to move beyond uh, this sort of, this self-crippling, handicapping idea that we're somehow uh, treated with inferiority when we're not. I think this is one of the best countries in the world to be a woman because you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have the right to, to rise in the way that you want to rise. And acting like we're the victims is not going to help that. And Truly. part of the yeah, feminist no, movement agree. that I feel needs to sort of happen is, is a counter-feminist movement 
from what true feminism is. Maybe that's called sacred feminism in my in right. my eyes, and that's a feminism that that is unapologetically embracing of womanhood without sacrificing manhood. Right. And it's a womanhood or a feminism that understands that we are a duality, that this that in order for us to be to really embrace feminism, there's sort of a masculinity that that is reflected or is sort of um there's a sort of symbiotic relationship between that. You can't just be a woman in this little fantasy island of just, you know, women. I mean, for me to be so for example, for me in my eyes, for me to be a truly a woman and to embrace femininity and feminism, I can do that better if I have a male presence as well to sort of to 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 have the opportunity to be more feminine or to be truly feminine in its in its complete entirety. I can't do that as just, you know, this Amazonian clique of of women and, you know, this this hateful environment where we stomp on men because end of the day I also have a son who I'm raising and how can I raise him in any sort of balanced environment if I mm -hmm. if my inherent position as a woman is one that is aggressive towards him as being you know biologically male it doesn't make any sense yeah I mean I I, I think the principles of third wave feminism I just think that um, it's definitely an integral part of the left and I, I don't want to I don't I, I want to say the alt left but in reality the radical left seemingly is becoming the mainstream um, and um, I, I think that the principles of third-rate feminism and what they believe in and what they want um, in terms of policy and in terms of just societal change um, what with like genders and the like which I don't even want to get into but um, those whole principles, I think, are wholly ridiculous. I think that they're... I think that what feminists want, uh, very active ones, um, what... I, 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 I don't understand... I truly just do not understand in the United States of America, our country, why we have a need for this wave of feminism, which claims that women are oppressed, living under a patriarchy, and are living... In comp like like we're living in Nazi Germany, like it doesn't make sense to me. Here's a question I'm going to ask you, which is probably going to be seen as heretical to a lot of feminists, because how dare I even ask you what you think about feminism? But I'm going to ask you, how would you? What would you want to see? What feminism, would I want to see feminists? Yeah, how, how what would you want to see feminism be? Um, how about combating actual things that are detrimental to women, such as cultures such as like traditional and like very um aggressive forms of islamism and islam that in sharia law that in and out of the countries thousands of women are being subjected into fgm um which is female female general mutilation um you have women being stoned or systems of government such as sharia law which absolutely debilitate women from having any sort of the independent future. Um, I want to see a, a riot, or well, no, I don't want to see a riot because that's just stupid. An intellectual I want to see. An, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. 
of a feminist or feminist group. Uh, I want to see a feminist um, protest or whatever. The that, march against Sharia law. A march, law. sure. The I want to see. I want to see. I want to see that. You know, I don't want to see a woman who. I mean, that's just that's kind of weird to say, but I don't want to see a feminist who just is just crying about mansplaining. Like, I'm sorry, but how absolutely childish do you have to be to what be crying about mansplaining? What I don't want to see is, and then maybe this comes from, quote-unquote, being prudish or conservative or whatever, but I personally am, what I get offended by is the vulgarity of it. You know, absolutely, yeah. The, you have women who That's just complain. childish. It's, it's just, it's beyond childish because at least childish, something that's childish comes from a place of pure innocence or purity and something that's not filtered, but it is a vulgarity to sit there and be offended by what our, what our president did once in private, um, off the record, not even, you know, gosh, I mean, so you're, you're going to be offended by what this man did one time in private years ago that he's apologized for. And then your reaction to it is to, is to put on a really vulgar, costume in complete detail right. and go around and, and yell yeah. and scream and, and be uh, unproductively riotous, that right. to me is vulgar because no, it's yeah. vulgar to see. It's, it's a <coughs> vulgar environment for your children and it's a vulgarity of thought because you're not actually saying anything productive. You're not actually even against anything because one of the main issues I have with the Women's March is, well, what are you actually against? What, right. What, what actual, like what are you actually what are you actually fighting? And there's for? nothing. You know, I've asked a few people and I've and I've watched it and I followed the women's march, but I don't actually see what they're against. You're against how someone is treating women, but my God, look you're, at the culture look at, at large. Look at who you're led by—a woman who believes in Sharia law. Well, okay, Linda Sir suicide. Let's look at women's look. Look at the culture that women are in. So, for example, um, I'm back in the dating world, and I am horrified, horrified by how. It has become okay for men to treat women. You know, women use these terms such as, like, pardon my French, fuckboy, to, to describe and to legitimize infantile male behavior that is not capable of being responsible, respectful, and working towards a commitment in a relationship. So rather than really ride against a culture that where sleeping with someone on the first date or not even being asked out on a date is... is there's something wrong with that. We just say, oh, he's a fuckboy. Well, no, he's not a fuckboy. It's, it's, you're allowing this behavior to continue. It is outrageous. You're paying a hundred bucks to go see some woman gyrate, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you're not offended by that. That's not vulgar. So, you know, you're going to, oh my God. So, I mean, I just think that when we talk about vulgarity and we talk about women's rights, I feel like women, if anything, we should be thanking Trump for forcing this conversation to even happen, because without it, would we be sitting here having this conversation? I don't think so. I mean, I I think that I just I mean I just wish I saw feminists who truly cared, you know. I mean about equality. Like, when's the last time you saw a feminist? Are like, I've not I've 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 yet to see a feminist are like be genuinely upset about the fact that men get unfair. Uh, Custody, Child, rights? custody rights over children. Well, of I'm, I've, I'm, I mean, well, I'm, I've an, yet to see. I mean, like, well, it, that's an abortion issue because it is not completely your child. It is not even. It is right. You're exercising when you have an abortion. 
not only are you stripping this man of his right to his child, right. which I think the Sofia Vergara uh, embryo case is is a great example of forcing that conversation to happen because she wanted to destroy embryos, but the uh, her ex is, I, I believe he filed a suit against it saying that he has a right to those children, so that's forcing the issue. But when you are, when you are having that abortion, you are not only violating that man's right to his future children, you're violating that child's right to have a reality as, as a full individual. I'm, I'm very uh, against... I wouldn't really call myself a pro-life person because I'm not... I think calling yourself someone who's pro-life versus actually being pro-life is a different thing. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay, so like I think that people who say, like, oh, I'm pro-life, but are, like... I'm, I'm someone who is against abortion, but I'm for capital punishment. Got it. And I feel that people like that... I, I, I wouldn't, so that I wouldn't really categorize myself as pro-life, but I think a lot of people do do that, and it kind of is... Con- and I think it's contradictory. Um, but, like, um, yeah, I think, I think... I definitely think abortion should be illegal, because I think that blatantly and reasonably it is murder. I mean, for the only... The, the, the argument of abortion is determining what life is, and I believe that life begins at fertilization conception of that child. Well, you talked about liberals getting their way politically because they were able to make the emotional argument. And I feel like when it comes to abortion, we can take a page out of that playbook and we can make the emotional appeal to to universal human rights. And if we can recognize the the child, the potential child, because if if liberals are against sort of the wall... You know, if they're if they're against the wall, well, what's the uterus? It's just a wall. It's another kind of a wall. Right. I think I think the more important thing to talk about is scrapping that need to sway people emotionally. I mean, if more people, if I, I just think that, sure, take a page out of the out of the liberals' playbook and use it as as use it as an emotional argument. But the more important thing is to like society and is to change how we why to change how we think. I mean. Like that, we should not be so easily swayed by emotional speeches. Like we yeah. should actually care about the argument. You know, why should you not support? A, why should you support or not support abortion? The answer should not be because it's a child's life. The answer should be because murder is illegal, yeah. and it is murder. The answer, the the argument for, I don't know why you should why you should like legalize or 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 um or legalize gay marriage is not oh well they. They like oh well like gay people like they need their rights. Mm-hmm. The the argument is well the government shouldn't have any. So yeah, I mean generally the argument should not be we should stray from being we should stray from we should change who we are fundamentally. So like, we away should from fundamental... emotional arguments and towards Absolutely. the argument. I mean, like of... you you mentioned how we should take a bo- take a page out of, the, out of the liberal book of being emotional and that's great like go do it you'll win probably but we should. We should change the way fundamentally of how we think instead of being swayed by emotion, being swayed by reason. Mm-hmm. Why should you not? Why should you support or not support the legalization of abortion? Because not because oh it's a child's right or oh it's a mother's choice, but because fundamentally is it murder or is it not? And what is life? And the argument of what is life? I love that. We should like the reason, gay the marriage. argument, the argument of supporting legalization of gay marriage or not, not because oh because gays need their rights. It's fundamentally talking about whether the government or should or should not have a place in people's lives, and the and what marriage is. So if if we, I think the most important thing about um, what we're talking about about mm-hmm. like this thing about 
emotion and emotional arguments is not saying we should just like we should just abuse the we should just abuse the principles of emotion and just mm-hmm. use that to our advantage it, but to change how people think about emotion and pe- how people think about arguments and not just in emotional terms so um yeah definitely that's i i i think that i think you nailed it